Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Vayetze. At the end of last week's parasha, uh, it was very clear that Yaakov needed to leave home, both because his brother Esav had vowed to kill him because of uh, the deception regarding the the birthright uh, blessing, the blessing, uh, and also because Yaakov is still unmarried and it's time for him to get married. Uh, and so for these reasons, Yitzchak and Rivka send him uh, to Rivka's brother, Yaakov's uncle, to Lavan. Uh, and so uh, in this week's parasha, uh, we follow Yaakov as he leaves the land of Israel uh, to spend a number of years with Lavan. The first part of the parasha uh, is about Yaakov on his journey, on the way to the house of Lavan. Uh, before he actually leaves the country, he stops to sleep, and he has an amazing vision of a ladder that collect, connects heaven and earth, and with angels going, uh, ascending and descending, and Hashem standing above him, and telling him uh, that uh, he, he should not w- worry, uh, he is being protected, Hashem will protect him, uh, and he will take care of him and make sure that he has uh, food and water and uh, and clothing and uh, whatever he needs. Uh, and eventually he will come back and take over this land. This entire land uh, will be given to you, to Yaakov, um, and uh, I, Hashem, will... Uh, will take care of you, and I will not abandon you. And when Yaakov uh, wakes up, he realizes that he was sleeping in a holy place, and so he dedicates the place to Hashem and makes a vow that when he has the ability to come back to this place, he will make it into a place of worship for uh, for Hashem. The next part of the parasha, Yaakov continues on his way uh, towards the house of his uncle, Lavan. Uh, when he comes close to the city of Lavan, which is the city of Haran, uh, he has an encounter with uh, with shepherds. Uh, he sees that people are, uh, are waiting near the well, that there's a big stone on the top of the well, uh, and, uh, and there are flock uh, gathered around, and yet... Um, the animals are not receiving their water, and so uh, Yaakov asks who, um, if they know who uh, Lavan is, and they say, yes, we know who he is, um, his, uh, and that's his daughter, Rachel, approaching, uh, working as a shepherd. Uh, and he tells them that they've, uh, that it's not proper for them not to water the flock, uh, they should give the animals water and, uh, and then take them out to graze. But the people uh, explain that the stone that they've chosen to put over this well is so very big that they have to wait for all of the shepherds to be gathered together <coughs> and uh, then to be able to uh, water. Uh, otherwise, they can't roll it away. But when Yaakov finally sees Rachel... Um, he uh, he moves the well, the rock off of the mouth of the well by himself, 
and then uh, he kisses Rachel, this is his cousin, and he cries. Um, and so this is the first meeting between Yaakov and Rachel. Uh, Yaakov goes to uh, live with uh, Lavan, uh, and after a time, uh, it is necessary for uh, Yaakov to come to an agreement with Lavan regarding the work arrangements. He's going to be living there for a while, and so Yaakov will work, but he ha- he should receive something. And so uh, Yaakov says, I will work for seven years in order to marry Rachel. He has fallen in love with Rachel, and he wants to marry her, and Lavan uh, it would seem, uh, agrees to this. After seven years, um, a wedding uh, is held, uh, but when uh, when morning comes, Yaakov discovers that he's married not to Rachel, but to her sister Leah. And uh, when Yaakov confronts him, uh, Lavan has an excuse, saying, well, here, uh, it is not pros- uh, proper or possible to give the younger daughter in marriage uh, before the older daughter is uh, married, but uh, and so Yaakov has to make a, a commitment, um, has to make a commitment that uh, he is going to work uh, for an additional seven years. Um, Lavan, by the way, gives a maidservant Zilpah to Leah to serve as Leah's handmaiden. Uh, at the end of the week of celebration, Yaakov is able to marry Rachel, but, as I said, he must make a commitment to another seven years' work. And uh, Rachel also receives a handmaiden, uh, Bilha. And Yaakov loves Rachel, Rachel, more than he loves uh, Leah. And so Hashem uh, takes care of Leah by making it possible for her to have children. And we learn... Uh, one right after the other, of Leah's four, first four children. Uh, and each one of the children uh, is accompanied by a, a naming, an explanation of the name. Uh, the first one is called Reuven. Uh, see, God has seen uh, that, uh, that I, I want my husband's love, and he's given me a son. Shimon, God has heard, and maybe now my husband will love me. Levi, uh, means now my husband will be attached to me, he will be connected to me. And Yehuda, uh, I will uh, thank God uh, for giving me uh, these uh, these four children. And for the time being, uh, those are all the children that Leah has. Uh, meanwhile, Rachel has not had any children, and after uh, a while realizes that uh, maybe she needs to do something similar to what uh, Sarah did with uh, Abraham, and so Rachel gives her maidservant Bilha to Yaakov uh, to bear him children, and she uh, she bears two children whom Rachel names Dan, God has judged, and Naphtali, I have struggled uh, with my sister, uh, and uh, Rachel's hope is that uh, in the uh, in the merit of bringing some more children into Yaakov's family, Hashem will give her a child of her own. Um, Leah has stopped having children for the time being, and so Leah gives her maidservant Zilpah to Yaakov, and Zilpah bears him uh, two children, uh, Gad and Asher, both of which mean good fortune, and 
so Yaakov's family obviously is uh, is growing. Uh, one day when Rache, when Reuven, uh, the oldest of Leah's children, but he must be a little boy at the time, is uh, is out walking, uh, he discovers uh, some very special uh, flowers called Dudaim, and he brings them back to give to his mother to to Leah. Rachel wants them, and she uh, she wants them in exchange for giving up her night that was scheduled to be with Yaakov. And so Leah uh, has that night with Yaakov, and Leah has some more children. She has Yisachal, which has to do with the reward that Leah uh, is receiving for wanting to have children with uh, Yaakov. Uh, Zvulun, God has provided a uh, a dwelling place, and uh, Leah also has a daughter, and her name is Dina. Uh, finally, um, Rachel does have a child of uh, of her own, and uh, that child is named Yosef. And uh, this is because God has remembered Rachel. Uh, and Yosef means God has gathered in my shame and he will add for me another child. After Yosef is, uh, is born, uh, it would seem that the second seven years that Yaakov had to commit to uh, are over and therefore uh, Yaakov should be able to, uh, to leave. However, uh, Lavan makes it very clear that uh, he wants Yaakov to stay because it's very, it's become clear to Lavan that whatever financial success Lavan is experiencing um, is in the merit of Yaakov, and so he convinces Yaakov to remain. But they have to come up with another arrangement. Uh, now Yaakov is not uh, working to marry uh, wives; he has all the wives he wanted. Um, but now he has to begin to build up uh, his own uh, his own wealth so that he can support his family. And the agreement is that Yaakov's salary will be the uh, the flock, the sheep, the goats, that are born with uh, spots or speckles and the like. It's a rather complicated part of the parasha, but the essential, uh, the essential idea is that it seems that Lavan tries to trick him, uh, and Yaakov retaliates by taking uh, sticks and peeling off the bark exposing the white parts and placing these wands, these sticks in strategic places, it seems to have an influence uh, on the sheep and the goats um, at the time that they're going to conceive and uh, and bear uh, young themselves. And the result is that Yaakov's uh, animals uh, give birth to many spotted and speckled and the like. And so Yaakov becomes more and more wealthy uh, because he knows uh, how to uh, how to take care of the flock properly. Uh, as time has gone on, it's very clear that Lavan has changed his attitude towards uh, Yaakov. Uh, even Lavan's children are talking about how Yaakov has become uh, wealthy at their father's expense, and uh, Yaakov realized that it is time. Uh, for him to uh, for him to go, and what's more, Hashem appears to him uh, and tells him uh, that he has to uh, 
uh, he has to go back to his uh, go back to his birthplace, go back to uh, where he comes from, and so. Um, Yaakov calls a, a secret meeting uh, out in the field with Rachel and with Leah. Um, and he presents the situation. He says, I've been a faithful worker for your father all of these years, and uh, your father is not treating me properly anymore. Um, uh, what's more, Hashem uh, uh, appeared to me in a dream, and told me that uh, I must uh, return. And Rachel and Leah's response is, "Do as Hashem has told you. Uh, we are uh, we're loyal to what Hashem wants, and our father hasn't treated treat us very well uh, either." So Lavan is off shearing his sheep. Yaakov takes advantage of this time. He leaves together with his entire household. And as they're leaving, Rachel steals uh, something called terafim, which might be some form of idolatry or some form of divination. Um, Rachel might be uh, trying to break her father of the uh, idolatry habit, uh, or um, these terafim would make it possible for Lavan to use divination to figure out where Yaakov and his family have gone, so this is to take that away. But Lavan values these terafim very, very much. They're uh, uh, totems of some sort. When Lavan finds out, he pursues, and uh, before Lavan uh, has an encounter with Yaakov, uh, Hashem speaks to Lavan in a dream and tells him to be careful, don't do anything uh, that would uh, uh, that would jeopardize Yaakov, be careful what you say to him, for good or for bad. And finally, there is a confrontation between Yaakov and Lavan, and uh, there is... Uh, Lavan searches for the Trafim and is unable to find them. Uh, Rachel has hidden them under the cushion of the camel that she's sitting on. Um, Yaakov admonishes Lavan for treating him so poorly over these years, uh, in, in, in contrast to the fact that Yaakov himself has been a very loyal and proper uh, worker. Uh, and so Yaakov and Lavan make a kind of a treaty that they are not going to harm each other, a kind of non-aggression treaty uh, that they're not going to advance past a certain point in uh, in any negative fashion. And so uh, Lavan uh, kisses his uh, his family goodbye, and um, and he goes back on his way. At the very very end of the of the parasha. Um, Yaakov is traveling some more and comes to a place where his camp encounters a camp of angels. That is because he is getting closer to re-entry to the land of Israel. And so he calls this place Machanaim, which means two camps. The camp of, uh, of uh, Yaakov's family and the extension, uh, a camp of human beings, and the other camp, a camp of angels. Now, when Lavan originally said to Yaakov uh, the reason, or his excuse, for uh, having Yaakov be married to Leah before Yaakov was married to Rachel, is, uh, he said, Lo It's not done so in our place. To give the younger before the older. By the way, uh, there's a not-so-veiled criticism 
that uh, Lavan is saying here. Uh, maybe it's okay where you come from, Yaakov, uh, for the younger, that's you, Yaakov, to uh, be given preference over the older, your older brother, Esav. But we don't do that around here. Around here, we have respect for um, uh, for birth order. Um, and yeah, Lavan, who's always trying to make himself out to be the good guy, even when he's uh, deceiving, he says, Malayshivwazot, waiting to uh, complete the week of this one, in other words, the, the week of celebration, what we call Sheva Brachot. Um, and uh, it would seem that the practice of celebrating for seven days of a wedding uh, has uh, origins much before the giving of the Torah. This is wait until the, uh, to finish the week of this one, meaning Leah, and v'nitna lecha gam etzot. The translation that I've included on the outline is, and we will give you that one also, but you have to commit to work for another seven years. The tricky word is the word v'nitna, because there are really two ways of analyzing the word v'nitna grammatically. The way that I just said it, vinitana, which would be, and we will give. Another possible analysis, which is, uh, which is also possible, is that this word is, uh, passive, and she will be given. And she also will be given. Uh, now Rashi insists that, uh, the, this word is, and we will give. And Rashi even gives some other examples of verbs that are structured uh, exactly the same way. And we will give... Uh, the, pro- the obvious problem uh, with this is uh, the, the fact that Lavan is saying we when Lavan is the father. How many fathers does this, uh, does this girl have? Um, so the Ramban explores this a little further. First he quotes Rashi. And uh, he agrees that this is an appropriate translation, and we will give. But he points out that Rashi didn't give a reason for why Lavan would say the plural, we will give, rather than I will give. So he suggests that uh, it's possible, maybe Rashi thinks that this is a, a proper speech, uh, roughly equivalent to uh, the royal we. Um, uh, and uh, the Ibn Ezra, he quotes the Ibn Ezra as saying that uh, this word is uh, passive, um, meaning she, she shall be given. Uh, but the Ramban preserves uh, and agrees with Rashi's basic reason, namely, and we will give. But unlike Rashi, the Ramban gives a reason uh, for the Lavan speaking this way. He says, Lavan is speaking with cunning. And by saying, we will give, essentially he is saying, around here in our place, it's not proper for the younger to be given before the older. Um, And the reason for that is that the people of this place will not let me do so. This is local uh, convention, it's local custom. Um, And so it's not only I... Uh, who I'm sta- who, who's standing in your way of marrying Rachel before Leah, but my whole society uh, would would prevent this. People won't let me do this. So um, finish the celebration for Leah, and then we, meaning not only I, the, fa- the father of this uh, of Rachel, 
but the whole society will then grant permission for you to marry uh, to marry Rachel at the end of the week. Um, and then, of course, we'll make another feast as we did for this one. Uh, Lavan is uh, deflecting uh, responsibility uh, from himself. He's essentially saying, look, Yaakov, if it were up to me, I would have no problem. But the fact is, I have certain pressures. I have the pressures of the pressures of my society, the pressures of my peers. Um, so when the time ultimately comes for you to uh, marry Rachel, it's not only I who will give her to you, but uh, all of us. Uh, but Lavan is an example of someone who makes himself out to be a good guy, even when he's deceiving, and he takes refuge um, for his uh, disreputable behavior of switching the brides uh, so that uh, the groom doesn't know until the morning. Uh, he hides uh, behind uh, supposed uh, local con- custom uh, s- societal uh, uh, pressures. Uh, Lavan is not someone who is uh, who acts honestly and in good faith. I thank you all uh, very much for following uh, with me in Parashat Ki Vayetze. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.